Hello and welcome. You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Whitney Levesque, back again with another episode for you guys. I hope you're all having a fabulous week so far and month of October because I know it's been a little while since you guys have heard from me. So yeah, there's a lot going on in my life. I just got a puppy. He is super high energy and super adorable and a lot of work, but I love him. And yeah, uh, I've just had a crazy month this month and I've been super busy and just really haven't had a chance to sit down and record anything for you guys just because my work slash home life schedule is just all over the place and it's really hard for me to find a steady routine, but I guess that's having Gemini in your fourth house for you. So (laughs) yeah, I'm back though. I'm ready to record some new episodes for you guys so you have stuff for the whole month of November. And yeah, I'm really excited to do this week's podcast episode. Um, Really quick, I just wanted to say thank you so much to all my new listeners out there. It means a lot that you guys are listening and subscribing and downloading and rating and doing all this stuff. And also thank you guys so much to anyone who has booked a reading with me recently. It means the world to me. I love being able to do this stuff for you guys. And yeah, it just makes me really happy. And just so any, you all know, my books are open for readings, so um, feel free to shoot me an email, spacewitchpodcast at gmail.com. I do solar return readings, Saturn return readings, natal chart readings, tarot readings even. So if you're interested in any of that, let me know. Also, with the holidays coming up, if you, any of you want to purchase a reading for someone as like a gift, feel free to email me about that and we can work something out. And Yeah. That's what's going on with me. Let's get into this week's podcast episode. So this week's podcast episode is all about healing. Ever since I moved to Maine about a year ago, I have been fascinated with learning about healing and trauma and how to overcome the things that can be associated with having trauma and needing healing. And, you know, it's funny when we talk about healing because... I think when we talk about healing, we think like, you know, we need to make all of our trauma and all our childhood experiences that we've had that were like negative and we just have to fix them. And it it seems like this really big, deep thing. And sometimes it is, but sometimes we just need healing even for like little things like, you know, just maybe you had a bad day at work or you're really stressed out and things like that. And it's really funny to me because so in my natal chart, I have Pluto and Sagittarius in my ninth house. And so for those of you who don't know, your ninth house is the house of higher learning, education, travel, philosophy. So I always think of it as like asking those bigger questions in life. Whereas uh, the planet Pluto is all about healing and trauma and transformation. And so it's just funny to me that that's in my house and I'm going through this period right now where I'm just, I'm obsessed with learning about healing and how to overcome that. So what I'm going to be sharing with you guys today are my seven steps for healing. And um, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist or a therapist or anything like that. So um, you know, take this for what it is, Um, like I said. Uh, But this is all stuff that I've done personally to try to heal myself and it's all stuff that has worked for me and it's basically 
basically it's all based off of my own research and my own practice and you know some of these things might not work for everyone maybe they will um but yeah this is like i said this is just my own stuff that i felt like sharing with you guys because i i just feel like if it's beneficial to me it could be beneficial to someone else so yeah um and obviously like this isn't gonna you know doing these things it takes work and it's a daily thing and you have to keep up with it and i really think if you don't actively keep up with it it's not as effective and obviously too this doesn't mean that like you know you're going to be cured and suddenly everything's going to be rainbows and sunshine and all that stuff but i do think that these kind of like seven steps that i came up with are really helpful in just getting started and just learning how to cope and how to just manage some of the ugly side effects that can come along with having trauma or stress or whatever it may be. Um, I know for me personally, like this summer with work was so crazy, so intense. I was super anxious all summer. It was horrible. And I really had a tough time kind of coming back from that. Um, so it really all started for me with meditation. So meditation is actually the first step in my seven steps to healing. And I know a lot of people hate the idea of meditation or maybe not hate, but don't want to meditate because they're like, oh, I'm too ADD. I can't sit still for that long and blah, blah, blah. And I get it. I totally get it. But even if you can get yourself to sit for like five or 10 minutes, that's really all you need. And the biggest thing too, it's just keeping yourself consistent. Um, if I'm not consistent with my meditation practice, it is not nearly as effective. Um, but the more you do it, the more beneficial it'll be. And if you really have a tough time with like, you know, oh, I can't sit still for that long, try mindfulness exercises or mindful meditation. So um, mindful, mind, how do I put this? Mindfulness uh, meditations really are just you could be doing something like washing the dishes or going for a walk. And the whole goal is to just really be focused on what you're doing. So instead of like sitting and focusing on your breathing, you might, I mean, you could walk and focus on your breathing. You could uh, wash the dishes and focus on your breathing, but you could even use what you're doing as like your anchor. So the way you meditate usually is, you know, you take some deep breaths and the whole point is you use your breath as your anchor. So you focus on your in and out breath. So you might even say in your head, in and out, in and out, as you're breathing in and out. And then, you know, your mind will start to wander. That's totally normal. That's fine. Um, but once your mind starts to wander, you just very gently want to try to bring your mind back to those in and out breaths. And so you could take that and apply that same idea to doing dishes or going for a walk. So, you know, every time your mind starts to wander, instead of focusing on your breath, you'd come back to, oh yeah, I'm doing the dishes. Or you would just maybe have a mantra to yourself that says, oh, I'm washing dishes. And that's the thing you just keep telling yourself or, oh, I'm going for a walk. So those are different ways you can meditate. The whole point of meditation is to really just bring yourself into the present moment. You know, a lot of people think that meditation is all about emptying your mind and you know not thinking of anything and really that's not possible we can't just like wipe out our minds and not think about anything the goal is to train your brain to return to the present moment because you know a lot of the time we walk on autopilot and 
you know, our brains are just going, going, going. We're thinking, oh, what am I going to do for dinner? Oh, I have to pick up my kids. Oh, I have to go to this place and run to Walmart and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we get so stressed out and it can just, it can be a lot. And we're really, I personally don't think we're meant to live our lives at this super fast pace. Oh, I have to wake up at 5 a.m. and go to work and do all this stuff every day. I just, I don't know. It's not natural. I don't think it's something we're really made to do, in my opinion. But meditation really is the first step to kind of helping yourself to untangle all of that. You know, I in my head, I visualize it like before I meditate, it's like my brain just has like, I imagine just like a super tangled like ball of string or something or like, you know, if your necklaces ever get tangled, I feel like all my thoughts are just tangled in this giant knot. But when I take time to meditate every day, basically what meditation does for me is it untangles all the thoughts in my brain and then I have way more space in my head to, you know, I don't know, think about what I'm doing or enjoy what I'm doing. I actually noticed that once I started my meditation practice, I was getting like more songs stuck in my head all the time, which is like, I I don't know, like I love music. So I always used to be like singing to myself. (laughs) And since I've been meditating, it's like now it's like there's actually space in my head to like have just like something as silly as like a song stuck in my head. Yeah, I just really think meditation is like the first step to really working on healing because it clears out all the stuff that's in your head and then you can get to work on the real stuff and the real heart of the situation. I actually it's funny I just watched that movie Eat Pray Love. I've seen it before but I watched it again because it was on Netflix and if any of you have seen that movie and if you haven't seen it you might want to look this up because I think it it's such a perfect representation of what it's like to try and meditate and so there's this scene in the movie where Julia Roberts she goes to like sit and meditate while she's in India in this meditation room she's like all right focus on emptying your mind and she's sitting there trying to do this and she's like she cannot do this because I mean emptying your mind's impossible and she's like thinking about like oh I'm gonna decorate a meditation room when I get home and I'm gonna do this and her mind just naturally starts to wander until eventually she realizes that she's not even meditating like she's supposed to and she just kind of gets frustrated and walks out of the room and I think that's normal for a lot of people especially when you're when you're just starting to meditate, it is, it's just such a like, I just, I just love that scene because it's so accurate to what it's actually like to try and sit and meditate. And I just want you guys to know that it's normal to sit down to meditate and feel like you suck at meditating because really everyone sucks at meditating. And it's not about emptying your mind and it's not about not having thoughts. It's about just bringing your mind back to the present. You know, meditation is like lifting weights, but for your brain because it li- it literally rewires your brain to snap back to the present moment and be more mindful. And so there's a lot of benefits to meditation. You know, when you meditate, you know, you are able to make, you're able to be more conscious of the choices that you have moving forward. You're much more able to, you know, choose how you react to something instead of, you know, just naturally reacting and getting emotional with someone. You're able to make better choices for yourself because you're more in the moment and you're more present. You're like, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't, eat a giant bowl of spaghetti right now maybe I should just have like half of that (laughs) or something whatever the thing is that you're working on it also is just a really good way to kind of observe your thoughts and to just kind of notice like what actually is weighing on your mind like if you're feeling stressed and you meditate you might notice like oh yeah my mind keeps going back to work so I'm really stressed about work right now or I keep thinking about money so I'm really stressed about money as much as meditation is about, you know, being in the present, it's also largely about 
just observing your thoughts and just seeing where your mind is at currently. I know for me, some days I sit down to meditate and my mind keeps going back to this one thing over and over again. So I know that that's a thing that's on my mind. Sometimes I might be really excited about something. It's not always negative. You know, sometimes there might be something I'm doing for the podcast that I'm really excited about and my mind keeps going back to that. And sometimes, you know, there just isn't really anything and I'm able to just focus on my breathing and be present. And that's okay. So I really just think that we can't we can't begin to heal ourselves if we don't sit down to meditate or walk to meditate or do dishes to meditate and just allow ourselves to kind of untangle what is going on in our brain and just allowing ourselves to sit with those feelings. If any of you follow me on Instagram, I posted a story not long ago about how meditation has taught me how to basically just sit with all my negative emotions. You know, we naturally are afraid of experiencing feelings like anxiety or depression. And the truth is, is, you know, those feelings are biologically hardwired into us. And I know that it's they're not fun emotions to feel. They're super uncomfortable. And, you know, it's easy for us to be like, I don't want to feel this way. Why do I feel this way? And, you know, maybe we take, and this isn't to say that, you know, you shouldn't take medication if you need it, but I think it's very easy for us to try to kind of put a a band-aid on some of these feelings you know like I understand some people definitely need medication for things like anxiety and depression and that's totally fine but I feel like we tend to put a band-aid on the things that are going on with us because we don't want to experience those feelings so maybe we are taking medication or maybe we are maybe we're self-medicating with with alcohol or weed or some other you know drug of choice And we're just using those to kind of mask whatever is going on with us instead of actually dealing with it at its root. And meditation has literally taught me to deal with those emotions head on. So I've been able to, you know, there's been times where I still felt anxiety, but I just let myself feel the feelings and reassured myself that, hey, I'm okay. This is just a really stressful feeling right now. And, you know, you just remind yourself that it'll pass. And meditation really helps you to build up the endurance to handle those feelings and to allow them to rise and pass. And the the more you do it, the easier it gets. And really, really what, you know, things like anxiety and depression are here for, they're there to tell you that something is not right. So if there's something not right in your life that's stressing you out or making you unhappy, you know, maybe it's you know, it's a really good idea to sit with those feelings, not just to endure them and to realize that, oh, it'll pass, but also to maybe get yourself to evaluate things and think, you know, maybe this isn't the right path for me. Maybe this, you know, path that I'm on just isn't right. It's it's basically just like a warning sign to tell you, hey, you need to pull yourself out of this. And I know that's tricky because some of us out there are maybe in situations that are difficult to get out of or we don't feel like we can get out of them right now. And that's really tough. But at the end of the day, like it's this is your life and you have the power to choose how you live this life and how you do things. You know, there's there's a lot going on there. But yeah, so that is the first step is meditation. I really truly believe that meditation is the first step to really working on healing any trauma that you may be experiencing or just any, if you need any healing at all, I just always start with meditation. Even if it's just for five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever you can do, that's just the best place to start. 
The second step I have found to healing is to basically do the shadow work to make yourself whole. So I've mentioned him before on the podcast, but I am a huge Carl Jung fan. He is one of my favorite psychologists. I don't know what else you would call him. (laughs) Um, I wanted to say scientist, but I don't think that's the right word. He, his work is so fascinating to me and he talks a lot about shadow work and um, shadow work is basically just acknowledging your shadow side, um, which your shadow side is kind of like the negative side of yourself that, you know, we tend to reject or repress and um, basically, you know, so we all have ego, right? We all have egos. We all have this idea of Uh, who we are. We have a sense of self. And with our egos, we naturally tend to only embrace the positive qualities of ourself. So, you know, we might say, oh, I'm really hardworking or, oh, I'm really uh, personable or I'm really funny. And we really hype up the positive things about ourselves because we no one really likes to admit that, you know, oh, I'm really lazy or, oh, I don't want to do this or blah, blah, blah. And So a big part of shadow work is basically finding out what the shadow parts of yourself are and embracing them and accepting them in order to make yourself whole because that's the thing. We can't heal if we don't view ourselves as being whole. And the truth is we're always whole. We are whole, complete people at any given time. There's nothing missing from us. We don't technically need anything to make ourselves whole. We don't need relationships. We don't need food or drugs or whatever, you're a whole person. The issue is that we don't acknowledge the whole self, right? Like our whole sense of self. We tend to mostly only accept and acknowledge the more positive sides of ourself. And so, you know, here's the thing. There's duality in everything. There is good and bad to everything. That includes people. And when we don't embrace our shadow side, it is much harder to really come out as our whole selves and to accept and love and embrace ourselves. And, you know, when you accept the negative sides of yourself, you are making yourself more of a whole person by acknowledging and accepting it. And again, that's not to say that you're not whole as you are. You are perfectly whole. But the problem is we have to we have to actually acknowledge and accept the negative sides as well as the, the good sides because we have to take the good with the bad. And so naturally, like we have a tendency to, you know, this is where like people repress their trauma and pretend like things didn't happen to them and they don't acknowledge it. And so I look at it this way, you know, and this is going to sound very uh, AA, but, um, you know, they say the first step to fixing a problem is admitting that you have a problem or there is a problem. And so you know, how can you even begin to fix a problem if you don't even know what the problem is? And a lot of the time when we feel depressed or anxious or whatever, it's easy. We just sit there and go, oh, I don't know what's wrong. I have no idea what's wrong with me. I shouldn't be feeling this way. And, you know, in our society too, we have a really big tendency to uh, trivialize, you know, some of the first world problems we might have because there's kids starving in Africa and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, is just because there's kids starving in Africa does not mean that your problems are any less bad or that they're not problems. Because the reality is, is that the problems you face are still problems for you. 
So don't write off your problems as, you know, they don't matter. They don't count as problems because they are problems. We all have our own problems, you know, like everyone has their own different types of problems. So along with making yourself whole in the shadow side is, you know, figure out like what are those things about you that you reject and this is going to take a lot of time it's going to take a lot of work it's going to be uncomfortable at some parts some of the best things I recommend for shadow work are to you know there's a few things you can do you can watch a movie and just see like you know is there a certain character that annoys you or bothers you and then maybe think about why because the thing is is we are constantly dealing with our shadow selves all the time we just aren't always aware of it because we don't accept them as part of ourselves. So you might watch a movie where there's characters that annoy you. So pay attention to that. Pay attention to people you maybe deal with in your own life who have traits that annoy you and then think about why they annoy you. For example, for me, I hate when people are super, super bossy with me and are like constantly trying to push me around and like tell me what to do. Drives me insane But I realize that part of the reason it drives me insane is because I naturally tend to be like a bossy person and I tend to, I have a lot of cardinal signs in my chart. So I naturally tend to take charge of situations and tend to just take the reins if I feel like, you know, things are going the way I want them to be. And so I hate when other people do that. (laughs) And so it was funny while I was doing my own shadow work, I kind of realized that the issue there is that I'm just as bossy and annoying like that. So... (laughs) That's kind of what it was for me. Another thing you can look at is in your natal chart. Now, you have to know the time you're born to actually accurately know this. If you don't know the time that you were born, this is going to be way off for you. But you want to look at your natal chart. You want to look at your rising sign. And then you want to look on the opposite of your rising sign, which is your seventh house. And your seventh house is your descendant, which is also your shadow side. And that can reveal a lot of your shadow traits in your natal chart. So... For example, I'm an Aquarius rising. I have Leo on the other end of it. And, you know, as an Aquarius rising, I like to portray this idea that I'm super humanitarian and super selfless and blah, 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 and do all this good stuff. When in, you know, reality, I might occasionally do things that make me seem super selfish and super self-absorbed. And that's my shadow side coming out. So definitely pay attention to that because, you know, you're whatever's on the opposite of any house in your chart is always going to be the opposite sign. So pay attention to that first seventh house dynamic in your chart because that will reveal a lot about your shadow side. So that's step two. Step three, I would say, is to just take a break. If you are pushing yourself a lot and you're feeling really stressed out or overwhelmed or you know, it's just life feels like too much. Find time or make time to give yourself a break, whether that's just going for a walk in the woods to ground yourself or, you know, maybe you're just going to curl up with a book or watch a movie. Make time for yourself. Give yourself the break that you need and to step back from whatever it is that is bogging you down in whatever way that that works for you. That's just my own little self-care tip. I think it's super helpful. (laughs) So yeah, just allow yourself to take a break and I think that'll definitely help to raise your vibrations. So that's step three. I'm going to move on to step four, which is kind of the opposite of what I just said, but step four is to push yourself. If you are feeling limited because of, you know, maybe you're dealing with anxiety or depression, um, 
I'm going to challenge you to push yourself to break your habits or push yourself to form new ones, but just do it a little bit out of, out of the... <laughs> I can't talk. Push yourself to break your habits or form new ones, but do it a little bit at a time. So, you know, do just, you want to just get a little bit out of your comfort zone. You just want to cross that line a little bit just to prove to yourself that, hey, you can do this. And hey, that actually, the thing you didn't want to do actually wasn't that bad. So my fourth step is to really just try try your best to push yourself and to just get yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone because the more you do it, the more you'll be able to push yourself a little bit further. And, you know, it's really, it's a really good feeling just to feel like strong and capable and to realize like, hey, I can actually do this. This is awesome. So that's step four. Moving on to step five, which is I'm going to encourage you to practice self-compassion. And I think self-compassion is really the biggest thing that is going to help you with all of this because, as I mentioned in the beginning, all of this is a lot of work. And we're not going to be perfect 100% of the time. So even if you start a daily meditation practice, you might miss a day or two. And that's okay, but you just got to try to, you know, get back on it the next day. But definitely don't beat yourself up about it and don't drive yourself crazy trying to think like, like I know for me, I whenever I do anything, I have to do it 100%. I have to do it every single day. Otherwise, it means nothing. And that's my perfectionist side coming out. But especially with my meditation practice, I really had to kind of be a little kinder to myself and to say like, okay, you didn't meditate today. It's not the end of the world. Just try to do it tomorrow. And I, I did. And, you know, you really can start to build self-trust that way, which is really good. But it's all about just kind of getting yourself to just to do it. And like I said, just, you know, think about how you talk to yourself and, you know, be aware of your thoughts and just be kind. <laughs> just just be nice to yourself. That is number five. And, you know, just don't beat yourself up when you don't do things 100% perfect all the time. Or even if you have a setback, you know, like if you have, you know, a depression episode or an anxiety attack or something, you know, don't think that all your hard work is becoming undone because of one thing that happened, you know, because you're doing that work and you are doing better. You just have to literally just keep, just keep following through with it and it it will get much better. And, you know, these feelings are always bound to rise no matter what. They're not going to go away completely because as I've mentioned, everyone experiences depression. Everyone experiences anxiety on some level though, you know, like I said, biologically, those feelings are within us to tell us when something is not right and we all deal with it. So, you know, just just be gentle with yourself. <laughs> all right. So that's number five. Let's talk about number six, which this is like definitely the more fun part, I think. Number six, get clear on what you want and make choices that guide you towards that. So here's the thing. When we're manifesting stuff, if we don't actually know what it is we want in life, it's going to be really hard for the universe to deliver that to us and So I think, you know, right here, this is where you'd want to get a journal out and think about what do you want to change? What do you genuinely want to happen? And then once you know what you want, just literally ask the universe for guidance and just pay attention to the things that you say yes and no to. You know, if you really want something or don't want something, you know, you have to make sure you're saying yes to the right choices and no to things that you don't want to do. Because I think we have these habits of, saying yes to things that we truly don't want to do out of pressure or 
Maybe it seems more logical in the moment, but you know, don't say yes to things that are going to lower your vibrations. If you really want to do something and it's going to make you feel better and raise your vibrations, say yes to that. Say yes to anything that feels good to you or, you know, just will be good for you. So that is number six. And lastly, number seven, which I'm sure you guys have heard me say this a bunch of times on the podcast, but practice gratitude. Gratitude is amazing and it really does raise your vibrations a lot. When you can find gratitude for the things that you already have, not only does it make you happier, but it just it makes it so that the universe will kind of look at you and be like, yes, you deserve more because you're already so grateful for what I've already given you. And it just really changes our perspective and puts us in a good mood moving forward. And it can just be really life-changing. So those are my seven steps to healing. I hope this podcast was helpful to some of you or you know, was at least interesting to listen to. This is all stuff that I've just sort of accumulated. But yeah, that brings us to the end of this podcast episode. I also, lastly, I have some recommended reading for you guys. One of the books that I read that was really helpful was um, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, MD. That was a really, really good book that I read about trauma and healing trauma and um, all that stuff. So if any of you like to read, that is a great book that I highly suggest. And yeah, I think that's all I have for you guys right now. So thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and rate me on iTunes. And if you got anything good out of this podcast, share it with a friend. I would love that. And yeah, my like I said, my books are open for reading. So if you're interested in reading, you can email me spacewitchpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to stay up to date with me, you can follow me on Instagram at spacewitchpodcast. You can also find me on Facebook, The Space Witch Podcast. And yeah, I love you guys so much and I will catch you here next week.